Hey guys, welcome to another Rough Stuff podcast. I am Rough Stuff CEO Garrett, and joining me today, I have Mallory, our Vice President. Hello. And Stephen, uh, Rough Stuff Purchasing Manager. Hi. And our guest today is Rough Stuff Sponsored Racer, Jimmy Hoy. Thanks for having me. What's up, man? Welcome. So we want to get to know you a little bit. Well, we know you. We want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So I want to ask you if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Hoy. I live in Sonora, um, just a little bit, about a couple hours southeast right here in the foothills. Um, I am the owner driver of Fighting 55 Racing. I have an Ultra 4 car. Um, obviously an off-road enthusiast, race when I can afford to. And just a rough stuff fan. We've been shoot, we've been a fan of you guys for a long time. I mean, probably since you guys' inception. Has the Fighting Fifty Five always been like that? Like, how long has that been around? No. So that was the thing is uh, when I first started doing competition rock crawling, you got to have kind of a team name and something. My last name is Hoy, but it's pronounced H A U G or spelled H A U G H Y, which is really tough to pronounce, like we were talking about earlier. So it's kind of a tough team name to 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 kind of throw out there. Uh, so trying to come up with different things and I'm a firefighter by trade. So is, is my, my, my local union for the fire department is local 55. So oh, cool. I just kind of did a play on that and did fighting 55 racing. Nice. So how long have you been a firefighter? 21 years. Nice. And have you always been at your station that you're at now? Uh, I've been in the city for 21 years, but you bounce around sometimes station to station. I was at my first station in East Oakland for 14 years. Wow. And then I promoted to driver, and then I was downtown for, I think, three years, and now I'm at my station in North Oakland for the last two years. Cool. I don't think that math is right, but right around there. Cool. My dad was a paramedic for 35 years for AMR. Nice. And then he also commuted up to Oakland all of my childhood doing like 24s, 48s. He yeah. also worked for Loomis Fire Station when I was a kid, just nice. as like a volunteer. So I have a very soft spot for our, <laughs> you know, firefighters and paramedics. Yeah, and staff. it's a process. I, I mean, shoot, when I was in high school, I was taking classes and then worked at our local ambulance and volunteer fire department before I got hired uh, in Oakland. So, yeah. yeah, that's my day job. Pays the bills. Allows me to try to race when I can afford to. In Oakland, is it is it primarily first responding or is it a lot of fires or a little bit of both? So I'm a paramedic as well. So we started as a, as a firefighter paramedic. So we have our ALS units. We, we, we drive and we go to the, go to the, all the EMS calls. We render first, first aid and then the ambulance comes and takes the patient to the hospital. And, and if needed, we ride in and help out the ambulance crew. Did you ever work for Foothill Fire? Oh, okay. My dad did, but that was like a long time ago. Way back in the day. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. So you're a firefighter by day mm-hmm. and a racer by night and yeah, weekend, kind right? Of, yeah. yeah. That's the nice thing about the, the firefighter schedule. It kind of affords you a lot of time off. You're, you're, yes. I'm at work for my normal schedule is two days on, four days off. Um, so I can flip flop days and I can work four days off and sometimes be off for a week. So, so it's nice. You can trade your days back and forth. Whereas, I mean, there's good and bad. I'm at, I'm at work sometimes for four days to yeah. a week or even, I mean, sometimes two, three weeks sometimes, but it's tough on the family. Yeah. Especially with California's fire seasons and stuff. Mm-hmm. We can be gone for weeks on end. Yeah. Do you guys do strike team? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And what's Not- that like for you? I enjoy it. That's how I started out my, my career doing wildland firefighting. 
so I I always enjoy going out with and going out on the strike teams and and doing the wildland firefighting. It's it's nice to get out of the city of Oakland. Yes. Just kind of yeah. different, just a different different thing to do. But I have two little boys at home now, and I haven't really had the time to do it. I've got a three year old and a six month old at home. I was so. going to ask you about that. Congratulations! You. you just recently so had it's your a little second. tougher. What's nice about where I'm at is I, I it's a you can sign up to go or you don't have to go. So uh, last couple of years I haven't gone. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. My friend's husband is, uh, works for SAC Metro, but he, when he does strike teams, supposedly you're like sleeping on top of your rig. Is that true? Yeah, or on the ground or in cots. Or sometimes they'll bring in these uh, big 53-foot trailers that are just bunk beds inside oh, of them. Oh, wow. Okay. I call them sleep trailers. They have a bunch of sound bedding in it and the hum of the generator and AC and let you fall asleep in those little, little mummified cubes. Well, that sounds <laughs> kind of nice. Better than sleeping on top yeah, of your rig, some right? Some people hate them. Really? It is very claustrophobic. Like yeah, I'm six foot that. three and my head hits the top of my feet at the bottom. Oh. So oh. it's, it's coffin, yeah, it's, it's definitely tight. Yeah. A coffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do they provide food for you or do you guys have to bring your meals? They provide foods. They, nice. they, they have a lunch uh, or bag lunches if you're out on the fire line for a couple of days with the food. And then uh, <clears throat> when you're in camp, they have uh, uh, catered lunches and, and so they have like a whole crew out there. Mm-hmm. It's basically. Yeah. Fire camps are pretty elaborate. Okay. Uh, it's a little city, self-contained city, and some fairground no pun parking intended, but it sounds like Burning Man. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> okay. So um, you're a father. Tell us what dad life is like. Oh, it's a cliche, but best thing ever, right? I mean, I think your guys' daughter is just Two. a little bit, yeah, a little yeah. bit younger yeah. than my oldest. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I waited. I'm 42. I waited later in my life to, for us to have kids. I've been my wife for 16 years now. Congratulations. So we, yeah, we waited and. I mean, it's there's good and bad to everything, but no, I love being a father in my 30s and 40s. I feel like there's, we also waited a while. I feel like there's an advantage to being a little more stable, kind of knowing yes. where you're at, what you're doing, and being, I feel like we're able to be a little bit more confident parents and yeah. also a little bit more, I guess, like not responsible, but like even keeled and things. You're not like, where's my next? paycheck because I'm not 20 and right. where are we going to live and that yeah. kind of right. stuff. I, I would have been a phenomenal father in my 20s, but I know I'm a better one in my 30s. And I can't 40s say and that everything. for myself. <laughs> I don't know about myself in the 20s, but yeah. No, it's funny. My biggest fear, and it's definitely not the case with my oldest son, is that, I mean, I was I love everything outdoors, obviously, with the racing, the Jeeps and rock crawling and everything else. And my biggest fear was that my son was not going to be into any of it. Uh. And nothing is farther from the truth. My son, I mean, he lives for fishing. He lives for the buggy. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's, cool. it's, it's, it's a nice, you know, you always have it in the back of your head. Like, he's not going to like anything I like. But. Yeah. My daughter's really into horses and horses really scare me. Yeah. So um, that hasn't worked out super well. We she also her, really yeah, likes lions. Yeah, we took her for one horse riding lesson, and she's so small that I had to walk next to the horse and hold her the whole yeah. time. And I was like, Ooh. Yeah. like a spider jumped on her back, it smelled like horse shit everywhere. <laughs> I wore sneakers because I didn't know that I had to help. I was like, we'll come back in a few years. So, <laughs> I mean, lucky for you, you guys are sharing the same hobbies right yeah. now. Yeah, so. Good. Makes it easy. Good. Okay. So, how did you get started out in off-road? Uh, I guess like anybody just has a hobby, you know, in high school, you enjoy your, your vehicle and modifying it and off-roading or whatever it may be. And then it seems like in the late nineties into early 2000s when rock crawling kind of really took off and I started getting involved with that. Um, had a Jeep CJ seven that I had a rock crawler and took it everywhere, had a good time. And, 
and pretty much drove that thing into the ground, had a broken frame, caved in cage. I mean, I, I, I beat it up bad. And so finally decided I was going to build a buggy. Never built a buggy before, had some decent fabrication skills, nothing great, but, but enough that I can actually bend some tube and stick some metal together. And so built the buggy and <clears throat> that was in at, at my point in life, that was the coolest thing ever. And it worked good for what I was wanting to do. And then I decided I want to start doing some, uh, some uh, competition rock crawl because uh, my co-driver is actually Dave Wong. He's a, a wonderful uh, uh, We Rock competitor. Um, but uh, he was doing cow rocks at the time, which was kind of relatively new. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided I'm going to try to enter cow rocks. And they had they had a class for us, which is the super mod, which is a huge. I mean, there's the biggest buggies out there. Basically, it's like trail rigs. But but it was like uh, at the time it was like me, Kevin Yoder, the Emick brothers. It was just a good group, and and we just we did horrible, but it, we had so much fun. I mean, those those rigs were were just way too big for the courses we're trying to do. Some people were really good at it, I was not, and it just but I had fun doing it. And then and of course it just kind of progressed and. You start realizing you want to go faster, and then um, Goodby's uh, NorCal Rock Racing took yeah. off, and mm -hmm. and and it's actually even before the buggy. Actually, got more story about King and Hammer stuff, but but uh, yeah, decided to try to uh, to race the rock crawler, and that went horrible. It just, I mean, so what parts of what elements of it went horrible? I mean, when you say that, a million things crossed my mind. Well, right? I had I had air shocks. <laughs> for one so we're, we're trying to race and jump and the car's unloading around every corner like and 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 the air shocks are just they're horrible for jumping they don't that I, I just i tried to put a little extra nitrogen in it so i had some more bump to it but no it just made it ride horrible made it worse and then yeah <laughs> but uh that was kind of the thing i started kind of putting parts aside and decided i wanted to build an ultra four car one of these days and and slowly kept doing it kept putting parts aside until my buggy was so destroyed that I, I literally was t cutting off tubes, replaced tubes, and the whole chassis was moving an inch, you know, here and there. And so it's like, well, it's time. Yeah. And so I tied in with uh, Keith uh, Beam up at Gint Bit, and we built a chassis. So you basically got bit by the bug, and it just escalated from there. Oh, yeah. No, so back, I mean, I'm trying to think when the original KOH was. So back in the early 2000s, uh, we would go down Johnson Valley. I mean, all the time it's, it's relatively close for us up here in Northern California to go down there. But, uh, we happened to be down there when Dave Cole pre-ran the original. Oh, the, like OG, the 13. OG 13. Mm -hmm. So I was telling Dave, they always say the OG 13, but there's only what, 10 of them or, but the funny thing is, is I think that the, the kind of confusion is, is Dave came over to our camp and asked us, Hey, would you guys like to pre-run this race I'm putting together? And we kind of talked about it. My Jeep was on propane. Uh, he was mentioning like outer limits. I'm like, that's like 20 miles away. That might as well have been, you know, a that's drive a whole home. day in, yeah. a, in a trail rig. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I, so anyways, we, we were, we couldn't do it if we wanted to. Hindsight, I wish I would have just lined up and oh, drove and turned and around. Tried. On. Well, yeah. we did line up and we just took off with them. And we just peeled off when it came so back. So it's to camp. actually the OG 14. You just don't get it's honorable mention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, there's Honor. only that. I'm wondering if they counted the 13 because it was me and Dave were, oh. were lined up. Oh. And, uh, you and ask. actually, I think my buddy Phil was too. Oh, no, we had video of it. Uh, uh, I showed Dave, and it's funny. It's a funny story now. What does he have to say? Oh, no, he wanted to see video of it. Well, I just so, mean, I mean does yeah. he agree that you are part so, yeah, of the no, OG 13? No, 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 it wasn't part of it. By I'm like, we'll I'm get not, an I'm attorney. Not, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> we just lined up and happened to be there, and there was no way in hell we could have gone to outer limits with, with my rig or right. anybody else's. So, But all you have to do to group. be part of that was take off, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we were in yeah. a golf cart. Yeah, I know, yeah, roller skates. Yeah. 
Well, okay. That's so it kind of just neat, escalated yeah. from there. Yeah. And been to, God, I was, I went to every KOH there afterwards until a couple of years ago, I missed one. And that was the first one I missed. And yeah, I just, it's always been just the thing to do in February. Yep. Gotcha. I had fun with it. And I always, until I built the car, I just, I, I, I was, I was a fan. I was, I mean, a huge fan of it. And so like when I got involved with rough stuff during the rock crawl stuff, mm -hmm. I was going down and I, I even remember I, I, I'd bring beer cause you guys would have the, the incredible booth set up and, and fix everybody's stuff. And I brought, I remember bringing beer like, Hey guys, you know, here, let's have some beers. Oh, down, down at hammers. Yeah. Down yeah. at hammers into He's the, into the pit. Yeah. And like one time I remember you guys were so understaffed. I'm like, I'm going to come, can I come hang out and volunteer? Aww. I remember that. Yeah, that and cool. I actually came and vol volunteered and I remember, and like I said, I was a fan. I wasn't before I was ever involved with Ultra Four at all. And uh, and I remember I'm helping out, and then uh, Doug Bigelow comes in with his car broken, and he's like, "Can I just pull in here?" I'm like, "I don't know. Sure, come on in." Yeah. And we pull in. I start helping take his shocks off, and I'm working on his car with him for an hour. And we're sitting there having a beer, and we're having a great time with it, just laughing yeah. and joking. And he's like, "Oh, so how long have you been working at Rough Stuff?" I'm like, "I, I don't work at Rough Stuff." <laughs> he's like, you oh, could. Yeah. Who the hell's yeah. this guy working yeah. on? Yeah. My... No, he yeah. really stopped. He's like, "No, he's like, what are you doing then?" <laughs> I'm all just, I'm a, I'm a friend of theirs, and just Helping volunteering out. tonight. Yeah. yeah. Here for, yeah, here he's for like, the cause. What? But yeah, it's funny. That's funny. It's good so, times. um, I actually, I remember you at. Cal Rocks. I don't remember you, like, meeting you or your face, but I remember watching you drive and like hit, hitting this. Um, the only thing I remember actually was you hitting this bonus line. It was like a hill climb or a rock climb, and you had a broken drive line. And you oh, kept just I only had rear wheel drive. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that was like that was like my first impression. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just we had to get at the top of that bonus to to finish, and and we spit a drive line out, and it was it worked out well because it spit out clean, and and so <laughs> there was going. no drive line to sit there and bang around mm -hmm. anymore. And my spotter's like, "Yeah, go for it." And so I just remember lining up and trying to take runs. I remember that, mm -hmm. <laughs> and because your guys' booth is right underneath it, I think it was. Yeah, and I just kept, dangerous. and it was a horrible transition, and to get up on this ledge, and I remember backing up like back up like five feet and hit it. And and peel out and come There's back. There's two and, points. And then, uh, and I just had to try to three tire it and just get up. And, and oh, yeah. anyways, wow. I just kept backing up farther and farther and flooring it. And next thing you know, I'm putting on a big, stupid show. Yeah. I asked so Dan yesterday, um, you know, how did, how did you meet Jimmy? What did you think of him? And he was like, he was just a really nice guy. And also he was doing a bunch of crazy shit and getting <laughs> yeah. people's attention. Yeah. Cause I was asking and him like, big, loud boogie, the history. Yeah. I couldn't do anything where they getting really good. <laughs> I was curious how you and rough stuff originally got linked up. Uh, actually that's a cool story too. I mean, like I said, going to KOH all the time. And when I was doing the competition rock crawl and I was trying to take it as serious as I could. Um, and there was only like one year. I don't know if you guys remember that, that, um, Dave set up a bunch of seminars, like, uh, marketing seminars and, and King had a, a shock tuning seminar and it was like one day only. And, and really not a lot of racers took part of it. And, and I remember I dressed up at a nice shirt with my name embroidered on mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and I go sit down and try to pretend like I'm somebody, you know, that should be there. And, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting through all these seminars and I actually sat right next to Dan. I knew who Dan was. He didn't know who I was. And, uh, and I ended up by, by, he came sit next to me and we're, we're bullshitting and, and uh, I remember one of them had, one of the marketing things had, they had an idea where they said, hey, this is a great idea for anybody that wants to just explore, you know, new, new, uh, um, new sponsor drivers or anything and do a, um, a coupon code. Mm. And it tracks them. And every time that, that, that they use that coupon code, you know that, that he's putting your name out there and, and yeah. he gets a little bit of it or whatever the case could be. And so we broke for lunch and I'm standing behind him in the, in the hot dog line. And he's like, hey, what did you think about that? And at this point, we had already talked and introduced, reintroduced myself to him because we had met before, but I didn't think he remembered me. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, oh, that sounds like cool. He's like, would you be interested in doing it? 
I said, yeah, I'd love to. And so that was the start of the Fighting 55 coupon code, which nice. well, I was always call every now and then have you try to renew it. Um, <laughs> it's like a 10% off thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got uh, uh, just stacks of the rough stuff stickers and at the comps and stuff. I would have my, my kids fr- uh, or my, my friend's kids uh, go deliver them out. Everybody just hand them out all the stickers. Aww. And I had a stamp of the Fighting 55 coupon, co- coupon code on the back. On the and, back, yeah. <clears throat> That's yeah. awesome. But that was the start of kind of my relationship with, uh, with rough stuff. So... Go ahead. I was going to say, I remember hearing a story from Dan regarding maybe uh, setting you up with like a diff cover too, or was that, yeah. was that, was that back at Cal Rocks or was that? No, a- that was, after, yeah. that was, uh, that was, I think maybe my story. Cause that was when rough stuff was really new. And I remember it had a website and it was, it was, it was super cheap for what it was. I'm like, we found them like, oh, they're just in Sacramento area. Well, it was awesome. And, and it was back, it was, like I said, it was early. It was in my, my Jeep CJ days where we didn't have the big thick, you know, three yeah. you know, diff covers. If you wanted a thick diff cover, you had to find a front Dana sixty and put it on the back and and just or or armor it up or. Mm-hmm. So these new big, you know, diff covers were the thing to have, and and so I called to get one, and Dan was sold out, and I actually talked to Dan personally on the phone, and I'm like, oh, kind of, I was kind of bummed about it. He's like, well. I'll maybe have in a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, we got a trip this weekend. I'm like, yeah, no worries. He's like, well, I can send you. I got a display one. It's all powder coated yellow. <laughs> He's like, you want that? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm surprised he would have something yellow. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was so it was bright yellow or orange. I'm trying to remember if it was yellow Dana's or orange, so but it was bright. Yeah, it's yellow. I know. I know the one you're talking and about. And <laughs> what was funny is I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't want a bright yellow diff cover on my Jeep, so I painted yeah, it black. Why well, not? Every time I smash a rock, that powder coat just black. Oh, black. Nice. So it's, it's or, just for, like cracking for years. Up. For years, it'd just be yellow blo- uh, peeking through. It's so and so funny. it always reminded me of that story that he sent me his yellow diff cover. Okay. Nice off the shelf. Yeah, off his display. Yeah, that's Dan. That's how he started rough stuff. Just being really generous, giving you know giving out whatever he could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I was really wondering what the origin of like you and rough stuff and how that kind of came about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of running the same circles and being somewhat local and yeah, that's what helped me out. What products of ours have you ran over the years and what are you, you know, what are your like tried and true? Well, I mean, back in the day, it was always your, your link tabs. That, I mean, that was your, kind of the, the bread and butter, the builder parts was your link tabs. The um, three inch thick, like the real yeah, thick ones. Yeah, 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 um, Before, I mean, now it seems like having a plasma table was unheard of back then. Now, <laughs> yeah. it, now it seems like every other person has a plasma table. Um, but, I mean, obviously with everything, it progresses. Now on the car, obviously I have the differential, I mean, your, uh, your center sections. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the JRAT 69 center sections on my car still, but I have wow. the, the nine inch ones that we're still trying to build. It's, it's just crazy how expensive and, mm-hmm. and, uh, anyways, uh, I'm trying to think I have, God, there's so many different parts. Do you run our Himes? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm sorry. That's an easy one. Yeah. yeah. That's an easy one. Your, your Himes and inserts are, are something I replace every year on yeah. the car. What Pretty much before every KOH. Yeah. What about on the old chassis? Because you, you had like 60s probably, right? Yeah. yeah. The old chassis was all all rough stuff tabs yeah. on that thing. So it was, whether it be the 3 thick link tabs. Um, well, you guys weren't building yeah. trusses when I built that thing. Um, so I actually took, like I was talking to when you were showing me the uh, the uh, the building with the lasers and stuff, the press mm-hmm. brake. We took a big, huge half-inch uh flat bar to my buddy's press brake and we tried to bend that up and that was my my truss on that thing but uh but yeah every tab on that old car was all three ace rough stuff 
or, or it was huge. I mean, everything everything about that car was just Heavy big, and, cool. big yeah. and big and dumb. It was strong. Big and dumb. Was, that thing. It was funny. I've rolled that thing over backwards so many times, and it was <laughs> oh always gosh. fine. Roll it back over, and we keep competing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a tank, and it was heavy, and I can I never weighed it, but it, it had to be. I mean, six thousand pounds plus. Wow. We were in like sixties front and rear, or yeah, 14, six, yeah, okay, sixties front and rear, um, with forty-two inch rocks back then, Those and then right, I used to yeah. fill them with full water. I mean, just absolutely oh, full wow. of water in the front. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh! And yeah, I had a, and it, the motor was heavy. It was an AMC four hundred one. Um, That's probably why you rolled backwards. Yeah, sometimes with <laughs> yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. Once you could get going, but it would climb great. Being all that front uh, front weight, God, it would water climb some. Too, yeah, like it would, Billy goat. Yeah, it would, it would climb some amazing ledges. But like I said, it was wow. it was a tank. But it was fun. Cut my teeth on it, and now you 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 have something that you 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 feel like you can you can rock crawl it real well, and then you start trying to go fast, and you start building the ultra four stuff. And yep. it's funny how it's always you, you feel like it's a crutch or something, or people use an excuse. But it is crazy how how these ultra four cars do not rock crawl that well. Mm-hmm. It's well, frustrating. It is frustrating fast. sometimes, yeah. and mine isn't even a very fast one. And so I try to keep because I come from a rock crawler background, and it's so I, I want to keep that. I realize I'm never going to be the fast guy in the desert. I'm never going to have that bankroll, uh, to be, to, I mean, there's most, the guys nowadays have more money in their motor than they have right. my, my whole car. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I, I've realized last time we raced KOH, uh, that I'm going to try to be a better rock crawler. I can't, yeah. I can't be the guy doing 120 in the desert. Yeah. So I'm going to try to be the guy that can rock crawl around everybody. And that's, we changed gears last KOH I raced, which is two or two years ago now. And that was fun. I had, it seriously, the, the desert was what it was. I just cruised and got out of people's way when they caught me and, mm-hmm. and in the rock sections, we had fun. I felt like I needed to have my arm out the window with the beer in my hand. It just, it <laughs> oh, was I so, it was so relaxing and it was fun. Uh, just, and the biggest thing we did is we upgraded to a 42 inch tall tire versus a 39 inch, uh, BFG. Mm. Hitting all those rocks. It was amazing. It literally fit, made the car a whole new animal, which, like I said, not great in the desert, but it was Spick phenomenal. Choose, yeah. yeah, phenomenal in rocks. I love that you're putting all this time and effort and you're passionate to, but you're still enjoying it and not letting it like get the best of you. Yeah, I try the best I can. I mean, if you ask my friends and family on like KOH Race Week or any of the, the competition days, I'd <laughs> stay out of your way. Oh, it's, I, like and I, I feel it. I know. You know it's just it's such a commitment. I mean, of yeah. time and money to get yeah. to these races, and, and people don't realize, and then so. So I get stressed stress. out. I want to have, I want to do well. I want to, you know, I want, I want to have a good showing for my sponsors and everything yeah. else. And, and so, Very yeah, important. it's hard to say the stress doesn't get to you. I mean, I, I think most racers feel that way, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm usually a fun outgoing person, but on race day, I'm, Business. I don't know. Yeah. I, Business? I, no, I yeah. get it. I just, I just irritable. <laughs> irritable is the best way to put it. I can relate to that all the time. Ask Garrett. Um, so you've talked about your CJ. You've talked about um, your buggy. What sort? Of, what's the evolution of what you started with, where you're at now? What, what vehicles oh, have you built over the years? What have you had? Well, if you ask my wife, it's everything. <laughs> we... Uh, I, I'm a Jeep guy. I'm an old Jeep guy. Okay. Um, so, and it's funny how everybody has their genres. I, you guys are Toyota guys. I've always been a Jeep guy. Um, and, and it's, I started out, I think my first, when I, when I first started driving, I drove my uncle's CJ seven high school. That was, that was basically my first car. Um, and then we actually rolled that, but what year was that? That was a 76, okay. uh, oh, cool. CJ seven. Um, Rolled that lightly. My uncle, my cousin has it now. It's still fine. I think it's sitting in his garage. And I keep telling nice. him I want to, you know, give it back to me. I want to fix it up for you. But fix it up for your son. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, well, I have. Well, no, I have. So we have. I have an '82 CJ7. That's my little street Jeep. 
Um, that's my little hot rod Jeep. It's got a pretty well-built 401 in it, and <laughs> it's my hot rod. Wow. Um, I have a bunch of old uh, Jeep Cherokees, full-size Jeep Cherokees, Jeep trucks. I'm a, yeah, what do you I'm mean a, a bunch? Uh, let's see. I have one. <laughs> do I need to call your wife? Yeah. Yeah, she probably likes that. She few. has like a whole inventory list. She's an angel. She deals with a lot. Uh, <laughs> I have the one Cherokee that's registered for the road. I got some parts vehicles that are kind of nice. out back. Gotcha. So do you have a shop or do you do this at home? I do this at home. I used oh to have a shop. Oh my gosh. We All bought, of these are at home? Yeah. I had a shop I shared with some friends. Um, <clears throat> and then the way life goes is there's about four of us that originally were renting a shop together. Basically, like a, I think it was about a 3,000 square foot shop. And then one guy would flame out. We get another guy in there. And the next thing you know, it was just two of us. And it, then it was just me holding a bag. And so finally, <laughs> so when we moved into our house we're in now, we just decided, yeah, let's just cut our ties. I sold off a bunch of stuff that I had. I mean, it's amazing what you accrue. Yeah. I had I had a forklift, I had a lathe, I had all kinds of stuff, and then I had nothing. I, and then I went and moved into a two two car garage at home, so oh I had to gosh. off everything that I had and put the rest of it in a shipping container in the corner of the property. Okay, so that's where everything is. I was going to ask you: Do you have a really big yeah, side kinda, yard? Is yeah. your drive? Are you one of those? We only have about three lines? and a half acres, but I have a corner that oh, I try to have. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so but I'm currently building a shop. Trying to build a shop. I got a slab poured. And I just had nice. lumber delivered this last week, which means that's why it's raining. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lumber at the house of now. Of course, but uh, yeah, so I'm in the process. Hopefully by January, I should have a thirty by thirty six shop at the house. Nice. Cool, that's awesome. And I think my can... wife's happier than I am about it. Yeah, <laughs> she can probably park her yeah. car in the garage eventually. Yeah, no, right? that's, that's her it stipulation. Just, it just means more stuff, right? Yeah, no, it's it another forklift. <laughs> yeah, right. She, just, she doesn't know yet. Yeah. So, what is your daily driver? What takes you to the fire station? Uh, well, that's another funny story. I had a commuter car that all it did was drive to and from work. That is it. And it's funny because, like I said, I'm a bigger person. I'm 6'3", 240 pounds. And to hop out of this little tiny car. Was it a Prius? No. God, no. It was a <laughs> I feel a like a Chevy. lot of Ultra 4 people have their daily driver, like commuter <laughs> car. It's like a Corolla or whatever. But it, it died. It, it The motor blew up on me a couple months ago. And so I bought a little single cab 2002 Chevy pickup now. And that is my my commuter now. It's something I can fix. Like, it's something I can fit in. I can pick up parts on the way home. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have that. I'm not the Prius guy. Do you have a JK? Uh, my wife has a JL. Okay. I that's saw my it. wife's daily. Yeah. I thought I saw it on your Instagram. Yep. That's my wife's daily. And we actually, we love that thing. We live up in the snow. So, and I, of course, like me being a fireman, I could be out of town for a week and it'll snow a foot at our house. So and she needs to be able to get around. Yeah. Especially with the two little ones. So that was, we looked at Tahoe's when we first got pregnant and then, uh, and then we just decided with the snow and me being gone, we bought a, a Rubicon JL when they first came out. So how do you love it as a family car? It's not bad. It's, I mean, granted, it's not the room that you're going to have in a, in a Yukon or a Tahoe, but, yeah. but no, it's, there's plenty of room for, for the two of us and the two boys and, the car seats. and it really, it really suits our lifestyle. Um, whereas we just, we were so close to going over to, uh, Snore Pass into 395. We spent a lot of time in the Easter Sierras out there camping and fishing and everything else. So, mm -hmm. so it's, it really suits us well. And it's funny, uh, my buddy has been talking to me and trying to get me to get more involved with, uh, I even hate saying the term of it, but the overland scene, because that's essentially what we do. But it's funny how many rock crawler guys hate the term <laughs> I know, overlander. I was going yeah. to ask you if you're going to, you put a tent on it. No, we're not going to put a tent on it. If we did anything, we I have a we'd build a little trailer behind it or something. That way, we can still have the jeep to run around. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's funny. I mean, if you get away from the term, it really is pretty much everything that we do in our off days. Yeah. We we <laughs> go camping and fishing and and camping. try to you know live a remote life for a little bit. You know. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, that's her daily. And outside of that, yeah, we got a lot of projects. I love projects. Did you do modifications on her JL? Yeah, um, put a uh, Synergy lift on it. Um, oh, nice. That's about it. It's Rubicon, so it's pretty well, you know, yeah. it had 35s stock. Well, it didn't have 30. We put 35s on it, um, and it fits stock. And then we put a, a I think it was a two or three inch uh, lift from Poly nice. on there. And yeah, real, great people to work with too. So bolt that up easy, and she loves it. We just drove it to Vegas. Nice. Literally this kid. last weekend. Drove the- home, drove back yesterday. And the kids. Oh, yeah. You were on vacation. You told me that you were Mm -hmm. going. What were you guys doing? Uh, Wife surprised me with some Cody Jinx tickets. So we we were checking airfare, and airfare was outrageous. And we kind of enjoy driving. So the Sonora Pass was open. So we took all back highways and went all the way to Vegas. With or without the kids? Without kids. Nice. Good job, you guys. That's so important. (laughs) Who watched the kids for you? Grandparents. Good. That's so awesome. My mom and her mom both kind of took turns. Oh. It's so important. We know Garrett and I know Stephen knows it's mm-hmm. so important. Oh, it's the first to one we've had to... in years like that. It was the first trip we've taken like that in years. Yeah. So that's so fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was not a bad drive, but yeah. Good. So I want to know. It sounds like you are doing. You do most of the work yourself. You've been doing it for a long time. Would you consider yourself a fabricator? Yes. And no. I mean, yes. I'm able to do most things myself. But I lean. I became good friends. It's a funny story. Uh, Keith up at Gintman Fab. He has built just a, an amazing fabrication shop. I met him, old rock crawl days, kind of like with mm-hmm. you guys, uh, walking courses, and he had a booth set up. He was just getting started and ended up bullshitting with him, and and I didn't ever told him I was you know driving or anything. I just was checking out what he had. And then fast forward, I think I rolled, almost hit his booth. Like it was, oh. it was bad. And, uh, and I climbed out laughing and, you know, just the kind of, it was fun back. That's kind of what you did. And he come found me afterwards. He's like, well, I didn't know that you were, you were driving. I'm like, oh yeah, just, just come to bullshit. But anyways, uh, tied in with him, became buddies actually. And he wanted to build a chassis. And of course, being a chassis builder, if you don't have a car out there already to, you know, to show people, nobody's yeah. really going to throw, mm-hmm. throw you money. And so he kept kind of getting me to, to want me to build a car with him. And, and I just, well, I can, I don't I can't really afford that, man. I, I could build it myself. I built this one. I can right. build, I can build another one. And he talked me, so let's just, let's just kind of look at some, some designs and go back and forth. And we came into a deal and my ultra four car is actually his first chassis. Oh, and now, awesome. now, I mean, he's doing work for Tom Ways. He's, mm-hmm. he's building stuff for Jason Schreer. I mean, he is, he's become just uh, one of the, one of the premier builders in the industry. It's, it's, like it's great to man. see. Yeah. It's, it's great awesome. to see, especially somebody that I've known for so long now. And, and um, like I said, just like you guys, I'm a fan. Yeah. It's I good like to see that. locals come up too. fan. It's so like, I feel like I never hear anyone say fan. It's oh, so, really? yeah. It's so like, <laughs> um, supportive and nice. Yeah. Good. I mean, I am though. That's, I mean, you guys were uh, rough stuff, especially was probably my, I know it was, it was my first kind of official sponsor. Like somebody offered to help me out and my, my driving stuff. And it made me feel like I was like, I was becoming a legit, you know, competitor. It's yeah. funny because you say you're a fan of us, but I think we can all say we're a fan of yours yeah. and Dan is a fan <laughs> of yours. So it's just funny to hear like you reverse the roles. Also, like I was going to say, I don't think, I don't, I don't know any other sponsored racer that's, that's like bought or not bought, but like, um, taking our stickers put their coupon code on there and like hand, yeah. hand our stuff out. Oh, like, yeah. like people like do social media stuff sure. or do different things that they're obligated to do or whatever. But like, I always remember that, like even back in the day, like when we were in Rancho, you'd 
like, hey, can I get some more stickers so I can hand them out? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. I've never. Yeah, I remember you guys were having crazy, Mikey yeah. making for a while. I remember Mikey mm-hmm. would come and yeah. drop yeah. them off. Here you yeah. go. Here, Russ is coming to give you day. these. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I like, we just cleaned out. My wife got a new desk, and in one of the drawers, there was a stack of Russ stuff stickers in there from back of the day. Oh, <laughs> some OG some ones. OG. Yeah. That's so, um, who is on your race team with you? How many people do you have? Uh, whoever I can solicit that weekend, really. It's just <laughs> friends and friends and family. I don't have any kind of, that's, that's the thing when we were talking about, like, I'm a fan of yours. I don't, I, I literally am, I'm, I, I'm the guy that just shows up and can barely afford to make it and races when I can afford have, I am, I have fun doing it. And, yeah. and so I don't take, I don't think of myself as being like, like when you guys asked me to come on this, this show, I say, I don't know if I have enough content for you guys. I don't know what you want I me know, to talk you, about. You did I did seem a little nervous. I don't know what you want me to talk about. Cause I am not the big name driver that, that, that you guys should be having in the seat. No, but, I guess you are. No, but it, anyways, that's just, that's my persona and I don't, so I appreciate yeah. the time and effort and I know I'm not good at, at any of the social media stuff and I need to try to be better at it, but, but, uh. But yeah, I forget where you even where we how we got to that point. But what you asked me, but word of mouth is like one of the, like the best like marketing tools like any company I think has. Right? Is like <clears throat> so even like um you just like talking good about us yeah is better than like social media because like people can look at like even nowadays you look at social media and like. A lot of it, you, I can at least I do. I read into it. I'm like, is this like real or is this like fake content? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. And so. Yeah, just like talking good about companies and like giving like real stories and and honest feedback. Yeah, is like is better than some of that stuff. So yeah, no, I can agree with that. I I, that's one of my biggest hangups with social media with like uh, Instagram and stuff is, I mean, I'm wrong. I have an ultra four car. I race when I can and 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 we we have fun doing it. But I always feel I still feel like a poser when I post anything. Oh my god, I do. I, I hate doing it. So it's funny. My friends tease me and everybody's like. You know, need, tell me you need to get over it. But anyways, it's 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 overwhelming. So back to your, I remember your question about my my race team. Yeah, it literally is just my friends and family. Whoever and 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 what's cool too is in this industry, you go to the races and you make friends. And so we team up with other teams sometimes, or you know, and that that's more often than not what ends up happening is because you can't get enough people or logistically get people yep. people right. on every pit. So you'll end up teaming up with whoever. And you can leave your gas or, with a few other pits. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll have somebody. Hey, I got a guy that's gonna be out remote pit one, and just throw him a couple of fuel cans and cool. Sounds good. Yeah, they'll, they'll, and yeah. Some cans and yeah, good exactly. To go. So. That's more often than not how I get, you know, my races done. Do you have co-drivers? Yeah. So um, do you cycle through? Do you have someone you? I've had like a couple to... guys, but my the guy I've used the most is Dave Wong. Um, He's a good dude. Yep. Yeah, Dave is uh, seriously one of the best rock riders. He gets mad at me in my car. He's like, "Turn up here, Mike. Can't turn up there. Uh, Your car won't turn that. Sh- no, it will not turn that sharp." <laughs> but uh, but he is in a full unlimited Jesse Haynes buggy, and wow. and so I've spotted for him a few times. Uh, he co-drives for me most times, so it's it's a really nice uh, partnership that we have, um, and like it's great too because he can spot some lines that I'm like, "You sure?" He's like, "Yeah, you got it. Go for it. All right, let's try it." And and it's it works more often than not. Sounds like a good partnership. Yeah. Good. I was going to ask you, you're earlier talking about um, the, like, if, you know, you built, like, our KOH vehicles aren't that great for rock crawling, and then you can kind of go either direction. So what what do you mean by that? And, like, how, like, for, from your experience, like, uh, trying to balance between that, like, what, what are you balancing? Um, well, in order to be stable at speed, your shock, your your valving, your spring rates, everything is 
totally different than what we used to do in a rock exact crawling. opposite of it's, it's it's so different and and so the car especially with the sway bars i mean we're running an inch and a half sway bars more often than not mm-hmm. or sometimes two big sway bars like that just to keep the car stable at speed well that's not it unload it, it unloads horribly when you start getting off camber mm-hmm. or climbing up big ledges in the rocks so you just gotta you, you gotta plan on plan on that and more often than not you're pulling a tire i mean it's just it's your it's it doesn't climb as well. You don't you don't keep all four tires planted as well as you normally do with a rock crawler, and it's a lot more momentum. Yeah, it takes more of like a, yeah, you're sledding through it or yeah. something so much. Yeah, and so it's funny it. like it's in and especially during race day, there's there's you come up to a tough obstacle. There's three different lines. You're racing, so you're gonna try to take the easiest line that you can. That is funny too, because there's, there's a lot of times there's people on the sideline just booing you. Boo, <laughs> they want to see a show. Yeah, of course, but I want to. I would try to finish the race. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I get it, like you said, coming from from the spectator side of it, but. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'll heckle you. Oh, yeah. No, that's why I laugh. I, I literally I remember watching one guy. He had, a, he had a whole sign made up. It was like around the corner. And oh, my said, gosh. And I think he had a sign that he like flipped over and said, bypasser. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I just laughed. I just like gave a thumbs up and kept racing. It's smart, though. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, what tips do you have for people who want to get into Ultra 4? Don't say don't do it. Um, and beginning for fabricators. You know, I want to hear what mistakes you've made, what, you know, amazing, spectacular outcomes you've had. Um, like four questions in one. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, yeah, build it nice the first time. That's what, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, don't we're all much. guilty of, of, you know, I'll just do this for now and then you end up, you know, upgrading you end up it later. A and next thing you know, link. yeah, it, it's, um, and you guys, I mean, for the, for the normal builder, it's funny too, like, I live in a small town that, that actually has like a, a large following of off-road, off-road group. And it's funny, like uh, in a small town, you, know, you kind of think you know most people are rock crawlers and stuff. And then you see some kid rocking, driving in a Toyota down with 42s and four link. You're like, where'd this kid come from? Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's cool. It's like this, this industry, what you guys have is it's, it's the builder parts. I mean, yeah. everybody can, you get a little 110 welder and you can build it in your garage with mm-hmm. it. I mean, um, but that being said, it all depends what you want to do. I mean, that's exactly it. It's, it's crazy how capable, a, a Toyota with leaf springs can be. Yes, it's, sir. it's amazing what, what a nice four link rig can do as well. So it's, it's, it's entirely, it's your budget. It's, you can be as, it's like kind of like my racing. I'm a budget racer. Um, Keith built the the chassis and actually we built it as a roller as a roller up at his shop and I took it home and finished it and then uh, and then I still lean on Keith to this day like with those axles the nine inch axles we're gonna be putting in he's got he's got all this CAD stuff that he's drawn out just so we can we can put some chromoly plate all over it yeah but uh, brackets. yeah so it's 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 literally I'm like I said I'm 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 definitely one of the more budget guys um, I have a day job I I race when I can afford to I fix it when I can afford to and, and unfortunately I miss the, the old rock crawler days where you just a lot more simple <clears throat> yeah it was it was a simple time where <laughs> it wasn't weeks of prep and right thousands of dollars and and if you take it out and testing next thing you broke something it's a minimum thousand two thousand dollars to come fix your car again mm-hmm. whereas the old rock crawler days wasn't that way at all we call that hack nasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It used to be like slap it together as long as you can keep going, yeah. but it's uh, still safe. Yeah. Now tech is, yeah. People really get stressed out at tech. Yeah. And that's where our Especially our when there's KOH changes pit. in the rule book. Like we had. Well, they seem to change like, every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, well one year we bad, had like the bumper, yeah. the bumper rule change where you had to like go out 
in front of the <coughs> tires. In front of the tire, yeah. Yeah, yeah we made so guys like, were making little. Yeah, we went through a bunch of tube that year. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like we were making hack nasty bumpers just yeah. to get just to get. And yeah, tech. they yeah. literally fall off first time you nerf somebody. Yeah. I mean, I think so, I've I think people that. even had to just like tack it on. Yeah, just they so don't they fall yeah. off. Oh yeah, because they don't care if it falls off. It just has to be there to pass tack. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, once you're going, everything can fall off. Right. Once you start getting involved with the racing, it is funny how many. I mean how many rules are bent or oh, know, yeah. spirit of the rule is kind of like, okay. Yeah. But that's like that. Um, like we, I did the 24 hour of lemons last yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. My dad just, just got back from a race this last weekend. That's fun. And that's kind of like, that's part of the, the lemons race is, is like the cheating aspect <laughs> of racing. Like where they, they want you, they kind of like, they have like a tech, and then they have like this another judge. It's called like the bullshit judge, <laughs> and so you're supposed to spend like 500 bucks on the on the whole build. Right. You can spend whatever you want, but you have to like lie and, and cheat justify your it. Way. Yeah. I know. Uh, I here's the bill. Here's here's the uh, bill of sale, <laughs> and here's all the here's the motor I got for free or whatever you know. And they and they they'll penalize you in laps, you know, because you want to get as many laps as you yeah. can. So, anyways, there's a bunch of like cheaty stuff you can do because they don't they don't care. Uh, they just have like just trying to keep the spirit of it. They just know. have safety rules. Yeah, and everything everything else is game. You know, so no, it's fun. I've yeah. always admired that. I wanted to go check that out. Yeah, it's a good time. It'd be fun. Yeah, I wouldn't say King of the Hammers is exactly the same. Um, so what events do you normally attend in a normal year? I know you said you you race when you can afford it. Yeah. But are there certain ones you say? Well, we know you go to King of the Hammers. Yep, I go to King of the Hammers. Um, did not race the last two years. Um, will you be racing this year? I, if I do, I have to LCQ. So that is literally, we've been talking about it with me and some buddies that are, I'm trying to figure out if I can even get people down there to help me. Mm-hmm. That's the last chance qualifier. Yeah. Right? After the last chance qualifier. So basically you have to be in the top five of the, of the last chance qualifiers to get in the main race. When is that? That is, they do it during normal qualifying midweek. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they'll just put you through. Actually, I think they, a lot of times they'll have an hour just for the LCQers. I think they do, don't they do qualifying? Then, then, then it's LCQ. Q app. Yeah, they got to think maybe. Yeah, or is maybe. It part of it? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, it's like okay. a two day. My first time I raced KOH, I, I LCQ'd. Um, the first time you very, raced? Yeah, first oh, time wow. I got. So I brought the car, got the car finished, and hadn't raced or I raced, but I hadn't qualified. I didn't do well enough to qualify, and so we show up down there and signed up for LCQ and didn't. That's what's funny too is I didn't. I didn't pre-run any of the actual race course, the KOH race course. All I did is spent like every day I could during uh, and and re- and pre-ran the uh, the LCQ course, Qualifying. the qualifying course. <laughs> That's nice. all you need and to I worry about. Yeah, laugh, master laugh, that. Laugh, laugh. And come race day, lined up, and I just sent it. Absolutely, just went as fast as I possibly could, and then it came in on a flat tire, and and ended up. I think we, I think we qualified third in the LCQ or third, nice. third or fourth. I forget. But anyways, we got in the race and I was happy as can be, and. <laughs> Change tires, and then we had to figure out. I we started the race, never pre running the course. I was going to ask you, were you prepared at all? Or no, were, you were just like, I'm going to no. try this, and I probably won't make it. So who no, cares? so it, that was was tough. Is like, I guess we'll just. I mean, we qualified well too. I think we t- qualified. I think in the top thirty or forty out of a hundred and probably hundred plus people. That's great. Um, but uh, yeah. So the desert section just kind of followed the dust and followed the GPS, and I, I I'm not the fast guy in the desert, so I, I just kind of. Get ready to get nerfed. <laughs> yeah, just kind of get out of the way when the fast guys come through, and <laughs> and then we what just kind of, what kind of speeds are you hitting actually in the desert? So that's what's funny too is everybody thinks oh desert you're wide open everything well especially no. KOH desert is is Dangerous. tough. Forties tough. Ass. Yeah, it, you can you have some spots that you can get. I mean, for me, I'm 50, 60, sometimes 70, yeah. 80, mm-hmm. and then uh, but you have to know the long straight sections and and 
Um, but more often than not, there's washes, there's, there's yeah. rocks in there that you're, you're watching out for. And, and then, so it's, it's not the big open, like you see on, you know, TV where people are no. doing hundred plus across the desert. You have a couple of those lake beds where you can do, yeah, I think the fast I've had my car is 110 in one of the lake beds in the that's race. Rad. And so since you haven't pre-ran, like you can't push it. As no, fast that's as you the thing. It's right? terrifying. Yeah. So that was the funny. I have up. a, I have a video on, I think my computer of, of the GoPro cause the GoPro only lasted for maybe 45 minutes in the car, um, before the battery died. But in the first lap, my co-driver at the time was my buddy, Brian. And I feel like we're not on course. And I'm kind of yelling at him cause he's got the GPS. I'm just driving. He's like, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'm seeing other cars. Like, like, like I feel like way, like way over the right of me. He's like, you're fine. You're going the same direction. I'm like, just get me over there. So, and then the next thing you know, we're in the dust and I hit a bush and anybody knows in the desert and the bushes, they just collect sand. They're yeah. so dry. And I'm doing 70, 80 miles an hour it's on this kind of flat. And no, no, we jumped. We ended up, we ended up just launching the car in the, middle of the, <laughs> in the dust and just come back down. I'm like, oh, we're okay still. And oh just kept gosh. racing, but. I worry about birds. That's what I would worry. I mean, are they are they out there? Are yeah, they gonna there's actually a really funny story with uh, Don Moss that Dan likes to tell. Where uh, he he raced uh, he races like a Bronco mm-hmm. in the Baja, like five hundred or one thousand, right? Yep. And there was a um, uh, I forget who it was, but someone hit a cow. Yeah. <gasps> oh, and that's sad. Yeah, yeah, that was that power line trail there. That mm-hmm. yeah, there's video of it. It's not good. <laughs> and so yeah, the cow obviously gets hit by like one of the faster trophy trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on because they go out they're faster the way out the front the cow's dead and now there's uh vultures eating the Ew. cow and dawn comes along and <laughs> and i and there's no windshield right and so they're going and the the turkey vulture or whatever takes <laughs> off uh like the same direction the car's going oh jesus and they just keep going and it go, comes into the cab and they you have your you know your your head your, uh, your pump or what's, that, what's that called on your neck the, uh, the hans the hans yeah. you you're strapped in so you, it's hard you can't just like no Put, you can't reach very far and so the co-driver's like pushing it out with his feet and they just don't want to stop because they're racing is it and alive it's alive oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah i didn't know if it like died on impact of hitting his helmet no i mean i'm sure i'm sure no, it's, it's okay. probably in there yeah. angry because it, it was it, it was going <laughs> you know what i mean it was, angry. Away from, it was probably going at speed too you know maybe 15 20 miles an hour probably get hit at like 50 or something like that so gross but, did it have like yeah. dead cow all over its mouth too I, you know i don't, I don't, Mad I don't know that part of the story yeah well, that's a sad story. <laughs> In other news, what other events do you usually attend besides King of the Hammers? Uh, you so, talked about We Rock, Cal Rocks. Yeah, so Cal Rocks is no longer a thing. Cal Neva no longer a thing. Um, those are kind of our local rock crawling competition stuff. Um, is, local stuff, there's We Rock is about it, I think. Is We Rock the Jesse Haynes event? Yeah, well, okay. no, that's uh, Super Crawl. Oh, Super mm. Crawl, okay. We Rock is, we rock uh, is... Big Rich. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, and then Trail Here is Little Rich. But uh, I haven't gone out last year and spotted for Dave. Um, he teamed up another guy. Just he moved to um, to Hurricane, and he's just been killing it out there. But uh, try to make those when I can. NorCal Rock races. Try to make um, if nothing else, come as a spectator. Uh, scheduling permitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then outside of that, we've been getting involved with some of the the, the trail cleanups and stuff like that. It's kind of a new little thing. My buddies got me involved with. Um, Milestar has been doing some of those and cool. Where do you guys do those? So went down to, um, oh, what's the name of the town there? Down, down, way down 395 by, uh, was it Big my Lone Pine area? We did a cleanup down there. Um, I was supposed to go last weekend down to, um, 
Joshua Tree National Park and help oh, out wow. down there. But one of those things, I was off for the week, and next thing you know, we couldn't make it. There's yeah. a whole other backstory to that, but couldn't make it. My buddy went. Um, but uh, yeah, it's neat to get involved in different stuff like that. That's nice. A little different, different, you know. Venue. Kind of give back, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just neat. I mean, we're all obviously off-road enthusiasts and, you know, kind of let BLM know that we're not all takers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go to the Rubicon? Yes. Enjoy going to the Rubicon, all the trail rides. We have a local trail up above our house um, that it's, it's, it's plenty hard. It's... Uh, it's nice because it's I can be on the trail within an hour yeah. from my house, so mm-hmm. and that's our local spot we camp at. So we, more often than not, we go up there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you where it is. Okay, that's <laughs> I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna take my car. No, everybody knows it. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> so just because I know you, you said you're an avid jeeper. Do you have you ever done like Jeep Jamboree or anything have not. like that? You know what's funny is I I I never have. Um, we always say we always have the greatest plans to do it. Years ago, I went to the Easter Jeep Safari mm-hmm. in Moab. Um, cool. That was fun. And that was, was a trip is we, we took our big rock crawlers back then and had a great time. And I really had a blast driving around and you get to the end of the trail and there's like a stock YJ pulls up next to you. You're like, well, I guess I, but it's still fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Street tires. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. man, it's a cool, but it's whatever you want it to be yeah. out there. It's kind of cool, but it was just, yeah. that was a neat experience. I want to go do that again. Um, no, I haven't done the Jeeper Jamboree. That's one of the things that's on our list, especially is now I got the boys and, and the wife. We want yeah, to more go, family Yeah. Events. We want to take more of that stuff versus, you know, the hardcore or off-roading where you want yeah, to the rocks or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be more family fun mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, you could take your wife's jail yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, the boys will be just send it. Wreck ah. <laughs> it. Yeah, he has two boys. <laughs> yeah. He'll tell you what trouble. you're in for. Well, yeah. that's my wife's. I mean, she's she's just as much of a advocate as I am. She's she wants me to build a four seat rock crawler now. Oh, nice for the full family. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, uh, when we get the shop done. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, you have a four door razor. Uh, or four, two right, four-seater? Yeah, two-door razor. Two-door, but, but yeah. four-seater. I made it a three-seater. There you so. go. Oh, you got like a bump seat mm-hmm. for your kid. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Ever since like having a Land Cruiser that was cool, and then you get something that's way better for day trips. Yeah. Like the amount of fun that you have when you can run like the whole trail in three hours versus, yeah. you know, part of it in six <laughs> is pretty entertaining, you know? No matter what you're doing, you're going slow, you're going, you look down, you're doing 25. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like going through stuff, like this is yeah. unheard of. Yeah. It's, I feel it's like fun. it's nice not to have to leave the kids at home or find a sitter or yeah. leave your wife at home and you can do it all Just as a family. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It becomes something that everybody's excited mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it makes it easier that my, my wife and my kids are 100% interested. on board. Interested. Yeah. They love the sport. They love, they love everything about it, which makes it easy. Do they come out with you when you've gone to KOH or your oh, yeah. wife? Yeah, not well, not in the last two years, and we didn't take the boy the first time. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. She just told me the other day that she doesn't think she's going to come with the six month old. I, I so wouldn't. I don't blame oh her. My God, my my three year old would love it, but maybe I think that's scary too. Yeah, it's, there's a lot on. of knuckleheads out there. Yeah. So it's also just it's tough. dusty yeah. and a baby in the dust. I mean, you know, you're in so the maybe field. next year. Yeah, yeah, it's a we'll see. That dust like concerns me. I am looking forward to everybody down there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, remember a couple of years ago, it was crazy. That yeah. was the dustiest I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it just hung out. Remember just hearing like, like, baby like it was like, it was like just over like <laughs> like Hammer Town. Yeah. And the KOH going cough back was there. And forth. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was the year of COVID. I think, yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. Interesting. Like, uh, <laughs> it was like right when like COVID was like coming out. Yeah. I think yeah, everyone, right. everyone like we got like two three guys sick from rough stuff and yeah. Twenty was pretty bad for the dust out there. Yeah. Yeah. There was a year a long quite a while ago where it rained really, really bad and Dan wore flip flops the whole That was time. the first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, that was that was I, I 
What was the first year? 2012? Because we got stuck in the... No, we went in 2010, oh, and okay. we just had a, dis- a booth, a display. Was, and that was the year it rained really bad? Yeah, we, we got stuck in the mud. It was insane. And then I remember waking up in the back of the trailer and seeing Dan out, outside smoking a cigarette. Gross. And flip-flops just... His feet are just <laughs> covered in mud. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> Every like, vehicle's buried in mud like, out in the lake bed. Just avoid like, the mud pit, Dan. Just bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's always funny. such a crapshoot down there that time yeah. of year. You don't know if... I mean... <clears throat> we've been t-shirts we've been yeah, snow uh one year we, wow. we lined up to leave and it was like i think 28 degrees when we started the line <gasps> Ooh, that was yeah, probably a cold drive yeah. in the desert yeah oh my gosh um then yeah the, what there's one year like all the lower pits got swamped with over a foot of water so everybody lost their pits oh my mm-hmm. gosh yeah because you figure it's a dry lake bed you get enough rain it'll, yeah. it doesn't come dry anymore that's why you don't yeah. camp on the lake bed <laughs> yeah no that's why we've started camping up on the hill a little bit the farther yeah. out you mm-hmm. are, the better off it is mm-hmm. when it comes time to go home. Because sitting in that line for eight hours is not cool. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, I kind of wanted to circle back to this question because I don't feel like you properly answered it. All right. What advice do you have for those wanting to get into Ultra 4? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, other than <laughs> have a lot of money. No. Uh... <laughs> I know. Well, I do think you have such a very interesting perspective because you're, you come from like the older generation of, right, well, we said hack nasty and. Well, you no, you can do... build a nice car without spending a fortune. Um, think about it. I mean, especially nowadays, your, your, your LS motors, you get off Craigslist for, you know, you can get a 5.3 for under a thousand dollars, a good running one. Yeah. So, I mean, you get a 5.3 or a six liter and put a little bit of money and some upgrades on it and a, a turbo 400 and a good transfer case. And that's the bulk of your power plant. That's, that's essentially what I have. I have a junkyard LS2 in my car. Um, that I canned, injectors, intake, um, and that's really about it. And and did some tuning on it. And I love the car. I put a, I have a, I have a turbo 400 in it. I started out with just a junkyard turbo 400 that I had a local shop build for me, and then now I have a, um, a maximum transmission ultra 400 or ultra four turbo 400. He calls it. Um, with a reed case and the whole bit. But uh, I also have, like I said, I can't, I, I, I really wanted to have like the Swiss Army knife. I didn't want to, I can't afford to have different transfer cases for different race right. Yeah, so, that's crazy. So I, I, I solicited uh, um, advanced adapters for one of their uh, Atlas 4 speeds in a race case version. That's good. So I have a race case turbo for, I mean, uh, Atlas 4 speed with a 1.5 gear in the main case and then so with your two seven planetary i can still rock crawl around four four to one if i have both the transfer cases in low but i still have a one five case for the short course that's amazing and it's great because i have a top speed of like 90 miles an hour in that yeah that's and but that's that's plenty and so it's it's I'm more competitive. I'm not basically not front running by any means, but I'm, I'm actually not, I don't feel like I'm in the way anymore when I did that. Um, seems like your priorities like are set on like having a good time, but also being able to rock crawl and like have yeah. a, kind of a multi-purpose rig still. Right? Yeah. I want to be strong. I don't, I, nobody wants to be that guy in the way by any means. And so I try, I want to be competitive. Um, but yeah, you can build, like I said, you can, you can put together a nice, I mean, a, a decently comp- competitive ultra four car that you can go out and race and have a great time. I mean, yeah, we're nobody, very few people have the, the bankroll to be able to, to afford the, the motors that guys are, that you. guys are putting yeah. into. But like I said, I am that guy that I show up with my pickup on my flatbed trailer and I, I have the time of my life racing. Yeah. Um, the way it should be. And I seldom feel like I'm in the way. And if I do get caught, I go out of the way. I'd never want to ruin anybody's race. Yeah. It happens. 
It's not like yeah. people do it. Not everybody, you know, nobody's doing it on purpose, but I, I get it. You're, you have sure. the right intention for sure. sure. Yeah. It seems like peop- the people that are, well, I mean, I haven't been on across the whole race course, but uh, on the spots where we used to be able to spectate closely, like, um, like sledgehammer and stuff, yeah. it was mainly train driven, like was the problem. Yep. Like, yeah, there's a bottleneck and one guy can't get through. That's the what's tough. And, yeah. yeah. It's, and, and it was actually, actually got a fun story about that too, is we last KOH, uh, we get all the way through, I think it was sledge and same thing. You got one guy rolled over, another guy belly turtled out. Um, and then, uh, and then we have like, there's eight cars just kind of waiting. And it was, it was cool. Cause I ended up, uh, catching up to Kevin Yoder and Trevor hopped out mm. and, and my co-driver is about to hop out and start helping people, you know, try to clear it up. Cause once everybody's out of the way, we can all go. Right. So, so, uh, Trevor yelled at Dave to stay in the car and, and that way we can, and, they literally spotted me around and we picked some line that somebody just rolled over on. He's like, I think you got it, Jimmy. I think you got it. I'm like, all right, let's try it. And so sure enough, we went over and, and I ended up laying on two tires into a rock and, and pirouetting around this rock and passed like eight cars. And Trevor runs over and he gives you a high five. That was awesome. <laughs> and then he's like, go on, go, go. And we took off again. And, and, but those, those were fun. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the rock crawling, that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. And that was, like I said earlier, like we, we, we upgraded those bigger tires and, and, it was, I, I can't, I can't, I don't ever want to go down a smaller tire again. <laughs> so what's on your like ultimate bucket list of where you'd like to wheel? Where I had, I had a lot of fun in Moab, but it was, that was a whole experience, the whole environment, the the downtown Moab that we're there for the week. Yeah. That was fun. I want to do that again. It's a whole vibe. Um, I have yet to go to San Hollow. I want to go do that. Um, that would be fun. I'm trying to think uh race wise that's that's i mean i would i'd love to go to mexico and do the the, the san felipe stuff yeah, that's or even baja yeah. right? but that's that, that's like a small fortune to be able to do that yeah um i don't know hard to say i we're where we live obviously up here we have a lot of I options know. compared to other places in the nation whereas we have the rubicon we have moon rocks we have a lot of these smaller trails that that are a little less known that are still a great time um and that's the thing too is like I can hop in the car and be down here at Prairie City in about an hour and forty five minutes and test the car out, test whatever we want to test on. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so it makes it easy. But yeah, as for I don't know, I'm trying to think. Holy Meccas. Anywhere out of the country? You <coughs> said Mexico, but anywhere else out of the country? Oh, I wouldn't even know. I don't know. Okay. And there's some good stuff on the East Coast. You think yeah, you for sure. Rock bouncing. Yeah, or right. You know. <laughs> Right. Have I already covered enough of what your 2022 race season is going to be, or can I ask that? Um, I don't want to. It's keep... still up in the air for me. I mean, so KOH is still our first choice. I mean, unfortunately, that's what it, it falls down to. I always have this huge, ambitious list that I'm like, I'm going to yeah. do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then like it'll just end up like we'll be two weeks before the race. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, really? That soon? Sometimes. I mean, yeah, yeah it depends. I mean, real life. Like I said, it's yeah. it's. Especially you start, you know, having kids and everything else. And you hate to call that excuse out like you always hear people do. But, yeah, no, there's priorities change. So, but that being said, like I said, as my boys get older and they're into it, mm-hmm. it it's it's reinvigorating me and wanting to do it. And um, But uh, so I always try to do at least one NorCal Rock race. Um, 
it's hard to commit to the whole season just with my schedule and whatnot. And especially with me, with my career choice, a lot of times I get mandatory. I'll go to work for two days yeah. and sometimes I won't come home for a week sometimes. Yeah. So I can have the best of the plans like, yeah, I'm going to race this weekend. Well, unless I trade off and, and really like stack my shifts to, to assure it, uh, there's no guarantee. You yeah. like trade off like other people like cover yeah, your shifts I'll get like So yeah, I'll say, hey, I'll work your days, you work mine, and then mm-hmm. I'll work like four days in a row and then I'll have off a week. Mm-hmm. Um but inevitably, like I'll say, okay, I need these four days off to fix the car or prep the car out. And then right. I say, you know, I get, I get held on at work and I never got a chance to prep the car. It's a lot yeah, of moving rough. parts to get, yeah. Get out so there. that's just my own little whiny story about it. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, like I said, I always, I have the biggest ambition of wanting to race every race cause I enjoy it. Um, but, uh, I'm a realist about it. Whereas it's hard for me to, to load up and, and drive somewhere at the east coast to go race so so yeah. i cherry pick my local races when i can and, and that's why i was kind of bummed when uh, uh wild west uh shut their doors so we don't get that venue anymore that was a that was always such a fun yeah, course to race cool. yeah uh it was great for spectators it was a great little pit for us it was just and it was an easy drive um <clears throat> obviously uh Prairie City, the Stampede is always a, a good one, mm-hmm. but let's. I gotta. Look, I gotta check a schedule again on what they're doing. I know that West Coast, they're they're focusing hard on San Felipe, and I, I gotta check see what they're even it is. I, I I feel bad. I'm not even been so out of it this last year that I need to double we check got it. Six month old baby at home. You're yeah, allowed right? to be out of yeah, it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you're allowed to be out of <laughs> it. Yeah, you're busy. What's up with the Wild West Motorsports Park? Like I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know much about that. So what is it? Is was it it was shut down and nothing else is there or I, I, my understanding is they closed the doors the the race course i don't like know the what the owner of yeah it, i don't yeah, i don't I know the what thing. the i don't know what the background story is if i just saw something some blurb on and on facebook or something that's Maybe what like that's, the, and then they changed the, the nationals what, like the bank owns it now and it just i don't know i don't think that yeah. i think he had a successful construction business out oh. of there but i don't Maybe know he's I don't, just not into it anymore but i, I guess it's not for sale and it's not opening is what your question is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious like what the story was. I couldn't I even tell know. you. I just know that there's not on the venue list anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Which hopefully someday it will again because that was like I said, that was a neat track. It was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. it was fun to invite all your friends and family to come because you can see from the grandstands the whole yeah, track. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Um this question was actually from Steven. He gave me the idea for it. <laughs> what are your thoughts about electrical vehicles taking off in the off road industry? I think it's really neat actually. Um, okay. I do. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I think it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna open the doors. Don't be wrong. I'm not, I don't know much about electric vehicles in, in general, but I think it's neat. Like I was, uh, actually just earlier this last year before they announced, uh, was it Geyser Brothers put together that trophy truck? Mm-hmm. I think it, anyways, uh, somebody was like, oh, I bet you they're going to have next, next Baja, they're going to have an electric vehicle. I'm like, no way. I don't think they're there yet. You know, with the, with the batteries and stuff. Yeah, no, I was way, I was so <laughs> off base. Two? I think there was, I was two, so yeah. off base. And then sure enough, Ford's coming out with their packages for, for the racers, the old four guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's neat. It's really cool to see what they're going to do. When we had what last KOH, there was a Toyota guy that that used to work for Tesla that put together an electric Toyota mm. and and uh-huh. raced it. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool if we could figure out the battery part of it mm-hmm. um, for the range yeah, or a quick way to change batteries, which I'm sure a lot smarter people already have that figured out. Yeah, but no, I, I'm a fan of it. I think it's neat because electric motors are just raw torque. They're 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 right. amazing, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not without its issues, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> actually, side question uh, with electric vehicles: Do you guys in the like in the 
I guess fire department or as a first responder, do you guys do training with with electric vehicles? Are they yeah, more a little of a danger bit. with like accidents and stuff? Yeah, there is a little bit. There's there's some things to avoid on where where they route their power and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, if with a significant accident, you really got to be careful where you're cutting because you have to like cut. Yeah, you yeah. Say, like oh, a fast for sure. Yeah, yeah. So usually the most of the, the power is ran underneath the the, the quarter on the bottom there. So mm-hmm. you just try to avoid that and try not to cut there. I mean, there's so many with these new cars. Uh, nitrogen uh, charged airbag, you know, side oh. curtains and everything else that so you, you have to try to, you have to avoid huh? now. Yeah. So it's, if they haven't already deployed, it's, it's definitely a hazard you got to watch out oh, for. Man. But luckily by the time we get there, usually if it's that na- bad of an accident where we're cutting them out, it's already been deployed. So okay. mm. yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so what are some of the like craziest fixes you've had to do? Oh, <clears throat> let's see. I've lost... Trailing arm at the Fallon 250 <laughs> at speed. Did you actually lose it or you went back and got it? Oh, uh, I just flipped underneath the car and pulled the axle out <laughs> at, at like 80 miles an hour. Oh, my and gosh. And it, luckily, it didn't really do much. It kicked the ass end up a little bit and then just kind of started crab walking the car and enough that I was able to slow down and stop and get off the course. But Whoa. yeah, I just, I lost. Uh, Did you know that's what was happening in that moment? No, no. I just, uh, the car exploded and I was going off course and trying <laughs> oh to keep my. it from, from start doing that's cartwheels. Really from, from start doing cartwheels, yeah. Um, trying to think brakes. That was probably one of the bigger ones. Obviously you break a lot of axle shafts, um, lockers. I'm now to the point I went full circle back into spools now just (laughs) because. Yeah, they won't go. Yeah. I mean, it's really nice having a selectable locker at times. Like when I start the desert stuff, I usually unlock my lockers and, and it takes a lot of wear and tear off of the axles and the whoops and stuff. Mm So it's nice, but it bites in the ass one time, and next thing you know, you try to make it simpler. Um, yeah. Trying to think, big brakes. Uh, there's, I mean, every gamut of. I've blown up transmissions. If I've seized a motor midway through a jump, I lost a uh, lost my <laughs> oh, oil line. Wow. My oil line, I didn't know it, and and uh, and large uh, dash eight oil line just pissed out all the oil uh, over a half of a lap, and didn't notice it. And I was driving by myself, and and hit a jump, and the car died, and. <laughs> were you there the year the Goma, one of the Gomez brothers did that, like on the starting line? Uh-uh. Yeah, it was like, oh, it was starting horrible. line. It was like, there was a jump, like the freaking, yeah, oil speed out because the line yeah, got broken yeah. and it was over. Yeah. 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 Sucks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I've had some, some pretty good rolls uh, with the Ultra 4 stuff. The old rock roller days, it was, it was, it was you know, spectacular slow rolls, but um, my scariest one I did, I caught a bad whoop at about 70 miles an hour in my first KOH and it kicked me and I started running after it and I couldn't catch anything. So we start cartwheeling we still, we slowed oh. down a little bit. We probably, by the time we started rolling, we're probably doing 50 or so, but luckily it was really nice soft sand and all it did is, is, uh, is ripped apart my radiator a little bit, but mm. nonetheless it ended our race. Do you feel as a first responder, your response to these situations and things are just whatever? Do you feel like I mean, I know my dad used to say, like, the amount of, like, coping mechanisms you have after every situation, right? You, things just yeah. start to... I mean, there's there's definitely, uh, like, with the the big role that I had where, where we cartwheel in the desert, uh, the first thing, I'm, obviously, anybody's worried about is I'm yelling at my co-driver, you okay, are you okay? Yeah. And he's doing the same to me. I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, you're fine right now. I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, the way we ended up on the A-pillar, it was really soft sand. Like I said, half my body was covered in sand. And he just looked down and just saw half me covered in sand. Oh. I'm talking to him. He's like, you're fine right now. I'm, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. And we're so you know tied up, you can't move. So, And so anyways, but uh, yeah, definitely 
I mean, you seem very like calm and even keeled. And so I feel, I don't know if like your professional training mixed with doing this, like what most people, not you guys, but what most people would consider is an extremely dangerous, like crazy sport. I don't know. Yeah. Like I've always, I don't know. I've always enjoyed going to go fast stuff. Have you had any injuries? No, knock on wood. Yeah. No. Yeah. knock. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. Luckily, not even one. Not a broken finger. We're wrong. You're always sore. But your I mean, cheek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're sore yeah. after rolling or sit just sitting in the car for like my one of the KOHs I raced. I think we were, we timed out. Just we literally were spitting out drive lines like crazy. And by the time we, I think we t- we're like twelve hours in the car and just wow, it's just it wears on you. Your butt hurts. Yeah, yeah. So. Actually, even in Ultra Four, have you heard of many like injuries at all, or, or is that if anything, it's the spotters that get the worst of it, trying to climb up and down the rocks. Or... Sometimes, yeah, you can get some some injuries like that. I mean, obviously, the wrecks are you know the worst thing possible to happen yeah. to anybody. Yeah, that's enough. Um, like Tom had his bad one. Uh, Ways had his bad wreck, um, and that's that yeah, it's it's. Um, his co-driver ended up, I think, took a helicopter ride. But, uh, yeah, and I think Tom was unconscious and stuff. But, anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's a real thing. I mean, especially the speeds we're going. I mean, it, it's inevitable, unfortunately. Do you ever have to jump out and help? Have you ever had to help? I haven't come across anybody uh, during the race uh, yet that's been injured, no. But, of course, everybody would. Now, yeah, like, yeah. Per yeah. rules, is everyone supposed to do that, or is I that believe like so. One yeah, kind of like uh, I didn't see it. And no, just kinda, I can't I mean, imagine. I am, no one in the right mind would do that. But right, I'm not. Sh- I'm sure there's a rule for it, but like one of those things. I think I don't think it would ever need to be really written down. I mean, I hope. I mean, we all have to keep our own medical stuff on us. You yeah, know, you have a first aid kit in the car. Everybody's required of that. Yeah, Goes you should be self-contained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have plenty of stuff with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire extinguishers, everything else. More often than not, that's what you end up finding as guys broken down, and like especially when like it is kind of a small world. Like I see guys that I'm friends with and during the race and they're on the side of the road and, and I'll pull over for say, Hey, what do you know? Like, go, 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 yeah. go. Oh, We're good. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. And the same thing. I've had guys pull over and check me. What do you need? I'm like, your radiator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, next call. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> I guess That's I, rough. I guess when you say, yeah, you know, everybody helps everybody. I would just think you just want to be careful not moving somebody if they've been in an accident, right? Yeah. So there's there's obviously uh, educated risks to everything. If the car's you know in bad shape, you need to get them out. You need to get them out. Yeah. But yeah, you do the best you can with yeah, what you got. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, do you have? Any, I mean, you've already had some good stories for us, but I want to hear like, what are some of the craziest things that have happened to you? What are your craziest wheeling stories, racing stories? You didn't hit the cow. Uh, we know someone didn't else hit, hit cow. the cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, never never hit an animal yet. I'm trying to think. Not much. Um, like I said, the trailing arm, that was rough. The, the the barrel roll at my first KOH was rough. And that was my fault. I was I was one of those I went the week before and I, I uh, or not week before, uh, around New Year's, went down and shock tuned with ADS. And where we shock tuned was where I rolled. Of course, oh, and, and it was that yeah. was the, the story I was telling you earlier. Whereas I never pre-ran, pre-ran the course, right. so we're just driving by GPS and coming over this hill. I'm like, oh, I know where we're at, and I'm like, we shock tune right here. So I just started laying on it like yeah. I was shock tuning because I was doing eighty plus through there when I was shock tuning. Well, I didn't even just being stupid me it didn't occur to me that they've been racing on this race course all week. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's not the same. and so I start getting into these things, and I'm I'm hitting these whoops hard. I'm like, wow, this is rough. <laughs> And my buddy right about me is like, man, this is rough. I'm like, yeah, I know. And next thing you know, we kicked one, and then I'm run after it, and, and uh, yeah, 
And I should have known too, because it's, it's like, we're like when you watch some of the Baja videos, be out in the middle of nowhere. And there, there was a group of like, like 20 cars parked right there in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, right. You and, should know that hindsight, I'm like, not... oh, this is probably a bad spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, was that the year we, I think we met up with you out there. Was that, was that that year? Oh, uh, when uh, we did shock you, tuning? Yeah, I think you were I try to meet tuning. up with ADS every year um, and have them look over the car. Yeah, um, I know one of the years I reached out with you guys. And yeah, we're, we came out and did some videos. You were kind of like behind, uh, I don't know which direction that is, kind of like... Yeah, that was wasn't like, where I rolled, though. No, okay. no, it was a different different year. But that's a good little spot, too, though. Yeah. That gets, that gets kind of wild in there, especially later in the week. It gets big out there. Have you, um, what, out of your builds, what do you feel the most accomplished on is it your current vehicle is it all of them yeah i mean don't worry i'm i'm incredibly proud of the ultra four car um especially like i said me being who i am i i enjoy driving i love i love what it can do um other than that i i try to get involved in everything i i, I painted my jeep this last summer i mean i, I took on body work and everything else and it turned out phenomenal did I'm, you uh, get your own, make your own paint booth yeah out of a basically an amazon tent Nice. <laughs> nice with some bisqueen and and you just went to right. town on it yeah but it turned out better than i could have been i mean and imagine. you save a ton of money yeah. on stuff like yeah. that so but, you're uh, re- like a real diy i love I like doing that. it I, and it, it probably cost me more and took longer to do it and didn't end up as well as it would have if i paid somebody but I'm, yeah, i learning. am i'm that guy that I, i'd rather do it myself can are teach you, those are skills you can <coughs> teach your kids too yeah, right yeah. You know are you doing I mean? the shock yourself too like the yeah did you did you pour the slab too? uh i've hired some finishers and i got a couple of buddies over to help me and we we formed it out and nice and then I had another buddy with a that owns a, a cement or a concrete pumping, mm. and he pumped it. And just hired a couple finishers, yeah. Um, and cool. then same thing with the the shop itself. I'll be doing most of it myself and me and a buddy. Is it? I see, or you said lumber, so you're doing a wood shop. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that price point. Whereas I got quotes for metal buildings, and yeah. it's only a thirty by thirty six. It's literally the same price for wood versus steel, and actually, I think steel's more expensive nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I waited. Get. Yeah. I waited all summer for lumber to go down a little bit. It is. Yeah. It did. And so it's it's down. Yeah. It's down now. So it's actually cheaper for me to build it out of lumber than it is steel. And you said it snows where you're at. Mm-hmm. So you're are you insulating then? Yep. Yeah. What about yeah. like for neighbors too? They don't want to hear my grinder at yeah. two a.m. What about what? What about like woodpeckers and stuff? You're up in the mountains. I mean, uh, don't worry about those things tearing apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean. They don't really mess with their house. When you think of like metal, you're like metal for a reason, maybe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just it's gonna be next to my house, so I want it to match the house a yeah, little bit. Gotta yeah, it gotta look nice. No, so. That's true. Got to keep it up. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um. So I saw on your Instagram you like to fish. Looks yeah. like You and your your son like yep. to fish a lot. Yeah, he loves fishing. I love fishing too, but yeah, he's it's fun because he really got into it. What kind of fish do you usually? fish uh i'm a trout guy usually don't worry i'll fish everything um we got a little fishing boat that we'll take out all summer long whatever's biting we'll go for bass or catfish but mostly trout we we do a lot of river fishing if it's if the bite is on we'll do some trolling with the boat and stuff but but yeah um it's literally anything everything something to get out with the boys and and go fishing whether it be stream fishing or or fly fishing or I used to really be into fly fishing Dan in high school. Dan loves Dan's fly fishing. I know. Oh, yeah, so I, he really jumped in both feet of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> he did. Yeah. yeah but he's got uh, like six reels just on the top of his truck right yeah, now. Yeah, I just yeah. got, I actually, I, I was out of it for so long. And then I literally last year um, got a reel from one of our local. We have a, a fortunate enough to have a Galvan Reels right there, local to us. It makes really high end reels. Very cool. And so uh, I did some horse trading with them and got a, got a reel from them. So trying to get back into it. 
Do Very you nice. guys eat the fish? Yeah, do you, I do. Your kids? My wife does. James will, but he's not really sold on it yet. James so do you throw a lot of them back? Yeah. Yeah. Usually we just catch and release. Yeah, fish. exactly. And that usually makes him mad when we throw them back. Oh. <laughs> What's the biggest fish you've caught? Oh, I don't know. Um, we go out salmon fishing in the delta or out in the ocean. Those are always some good, anywhere from you know twenty plus pounders. I'm trying to think, I went down when we went to Mexico years ago. I caught a, uh, I think it was a ninety pound marlin. Hmm. I nice. don't know. That's probably about it. What's the smallest fish you've caught? <laughs> <laughs> Very small, especially fly fishing. It's funny how you small a fish you can get. Like a little goldfish? Yeah. It's really? crazy sometimes, yeah. Oh my God. What kind of well, a lot of times you're using these little tiny little midges and, or nymphs and stuff, bait. little the tiniest stuff That's sometimes. It's like a tiny worm? Yeah. Is that what it's that is? It's just a fly. It's oh, a, it's a fly? Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like a little, like just a speck of something and you're out. Sometimes, yeah. Throwing. How do you even yeah. get it on if it's that tiny? <laughs> I wonder, I often wonder how Dan ties any of his stuff. With his I mean, fingers? Yeah, with his yeah. fingers and like how small the line and stuff is. I'm like having a hard time doing it and he's a lot older than me, so I'm like, man. <laughs> Gotta get yeah. your bifocals yeah, on. Yeah, right, a little magnifying glass. Steven, what's the biggest fish you've caught? Uh, I want to say like over six feet. It was a sturgeon. Oh, oh nice, yeah. yeah. Where was that? Uh, it was on the side. Sacramento River, but it was in a closed zone, so I couldn't keep it, and it was too big. So yeah, what the totally hell are you going to do with Yeah, it was just that. totally just terrible. I, I guess that people would go crazy for caviar, the eggs inside of it. I mean, it looked like a dinosaur. It was the ugliest, <laughs> coolest thing I've ever caught. <laughs> but, you know, outside of that, it was it was kind of boring because it took so long to get it. I think oh, it was really? like an hour and a half before, like, the thing started jumping, you know, like, before we got it, like to where you could net it and everything. Yeah, especially and, a big one like that. Yeah, and then I guess we weren't supposed to net it. You weren't supposed to take it out of the water, all this stuff. So then you know you're like I mean? worried about it. Yeah, yeah, and you get like people like these Karens like riding by <laughs> on their boats <laughs> taking like pictures of you with this like illegally caught fish and you're Uh-oh. just like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. I've never done this before. Yeah. You know? But yeah, other than that, I don't know. It's, that's probably I mean, the that's, biggest. That's pretty big. It was neat, but it was so disappointing. Like I said, you, you get what, something like, and... Is that even a thing? Like, how do you like so you can illegally catch a fish, but like you can't you can't like force that fish not to bite that hook? That's right? what I was saying. That's <laughs> right. what I was like, well, I didn't like say, hey, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it saw the it saw the row and took it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was a salmon, and then when it jumped, it's like, oh hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a big fish. Yeah. Okay. So. um I feel like I've grilled you enough and asked you plenty of <laughs> questions. Is there, um, do you want to share your coupon code? Oh, it's easy. It's just uh, fighting55, all caps. Okay. So everybody can use that yep. for what? Uh, I think it's 10% off. Yeah. Anything, anything yes. rough stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. Usually... And it's been active for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You said it was one of the first things you yeah. did with Dan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That was my first thing ever. Yeah. So if Listeners want 10% off their order. They can Anytime. Use. I mean, I know you guys have some awesome sales all the time, but yeah, if it could be midnight on a Tuesday on a nothing, you get 10% off. <laughs> nice. Okay. Every little cool. bit helps. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for coming out. It was really fun to, you know, get to know more about you and listen to all of your stories. Um, maybe we'll see you at King of the Hammers. Yeah. I'll be there for sure. You'll be there. Maybe I will we'll be see there you for racing. sure. I just got to figure out if we can afford LCQ and race. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Fighting 55 Racing. Okay, so people yep. can follow you there. They can check out your builds. They can check out your buggy. Yep. They can see your cute kids. Yep. They can see all the tiny fish you catch. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, trying to be better about it, but yeah, we're, we actually 
been working with some other people where I need to start posting more because I like to think we do some cool stuff. I just never take pictures or post anything. I looked at your page. I think it looks great. (laughs) I think you put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, it looks good. Keep it up. What about some of the other... What was that? You kind of have to do it for marketing. Exactly. So. That's yeah, where, exactly. That's, that's where it's at nowadays. Is, is so, I mean, just look at it like that and it won't be so, uh, I don't know, it won't be so weird Look at me. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've mentioned a few of them, but like uh, <clears throat> some of your other sponsors. Yeah. ADS. Yeah. ADS. Um, and like you guys, yeah, GitBit is, uh, it's it's funny. It's I, I try to become friends with and you, you build relationships with them. Some of my favorites, obviously you guys, ADS, uh, Keith at Gintbent, um, Sierra Gear and Axel, mm-hmm. um, Steve at Power Tanker, phenomenal work with. We love Power Tanker. Um, yes. trying to think, you put me on a spot and I was not looking at the side of my panel in my race car right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, rugged radios are always, yeah. they're always super cool to talk to. Um, I call them our industry best friends, yeah. our industry BFF. We love them. Too. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is, and I'm, like I said, I always, I have one guy I talk to all the time. He's just sales guy and I don't have like a formal relationship with him. He just, yeah. he just takes they're care just of me. They're just such nice Our whole staff is outfitted <clears throat> with rugged radios. We use them daily. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're great. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think other than that, race on wheels is a big one. They've mm-hmm. been, there were another one that from the, from the get go. Yeah. yeah. I hit up Greg when I started rock crawling and, and you know, he's a big fisher too. Uh-huh. He loves oh, yeah. to fish. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what we've talked to when he was, before he, they started going out to Michigan and getting them salmon, he was trying to, I trying to get him come up with me and take him out my little boat or, or go out in the ocean and try to get some. Yeah. When but, he comes <clears> through, Dan will usually go fishing with him. You guys should all go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think Dan likes going up my area too, up 395 fly fishing. So I should reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he mentions that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's up in your area a lot. Actually, yeah. careful, so. he'll hook your lip. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming out. We really appreciate your time. And um, for anybody who wants to send us feedback, they can email us. Our email is podcast at roughstuffspecialties.com and use Jimmy's code. What was your code? Fighting fifty five. Fighting fifty five for ten percent off your order anytime. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Thanks. Thanks guys. for having me. Thanks really for the opportunity, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.